Hello, welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. I love this weekend. I love the the fact that um, our students get to interact with you guys. You get to see the amazing high school students that that are out there. These guys are they're awesome. They're changing the world. Um, it really is just an amazing privilege to be able to work with these students. And uh, so I've been in student ministries for been doing youth ministry as a volunteer on staff for 27 years, which is kind of crazy. So I started volunteering when I was 16, and, uh, and then six years later, I went on staff with, with Young Life, and then became a youth pastor after that, and I've been here for the past 11 years, which is nuts. I'm like, 11 years has flown by, so it's just great being here. Um, so real quick, before we jump into things, I would love to just let you guys know about something that is happening so the Monday after Easter, there is a six-week workshop series that's going to be starting um, in downtown Carlsbad, and it's led by my wife ooh, 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 and, a, and, a, and a group of, uh, of amazing women, and they're going to, it's a study for, or a workshop for women who are in their 20s and 30s, and it really, the heart behind it is to um, help these young women um, grow in their passion um, for, for finding their God-given identity. And so if you want information about that, there's a number that you can text. There it is. Text the word identity to 84576 if you're interested. And they're also out in the piazza, so you can go out in the piazza and meet them at the table. Um, If you sign up, I've been told you get this little swag bag. Sorry, guys, you don't get a swag bag. Um, But ladies, um, if you sign up, you can get a swag bag. And uh, it's going to be great. So women in their 20s and 30s, jump into that. And so, um, so like I said, I've been doing youth ministry for a while. I get to work with an amazing team. Guys, Jen is awesome. It's been great working with Jen. Sarah Grant is my admin. Um, and I get to be on staff at this church, and you guys are my family. So I'm just so blessed. I feel so blessed. Um, Jane and I, we've been married for seven years, a little over seven years. We've got three kids, uh, Eden, who's six, Isaac is four, and Ember is three. And one of the things that we have learned over the years is um, we haven't figured out how to be parents, so we, <laughs> so we just ask people around, like, what do you do to, to help your kids grow and, and experience life? And my wife, she always says, um, she goes, I love it, you, you've got this childlike faith, but the older that I get, the more I realize just how jaded I can be and how um, my trust has been abused, and it's harder for me just to, to, to experience um, all that God has for me. Um, but my kids, they haven't been jaded, um, and they haven't experienced all the hurts and the pains of this world. Um, so they tend to hear from God. So we have been asking different people, um, how, how is it that, what do you do with your students to get them to engage with God? And the Pfeiffers, Ryan and Stacy Pfeiffer, they shared just a, a tool with us, just a little nugget. Um, they're like, we, we, when, our, when their kids were little, they would do this thing. We do it with our kids where we just we sit down and we just um, we have our kids close their eyes and we just say, hey, just picture Jesus, picture Jesus. And so then they picture Jesus and, and we go, okay, where is he? What's he doing? And they describe kind of where he is in, in the room, what he's doing. And then we say, what, what's he saying to you? What's he saying to you? And in those moments, the kids say the most profound things. Um, there are times where, uh, where my kids have said things that I'm like, how did you know that? Like, how did you know that? Um, but they just tap in. They're connected to the heart of God. It's just it's the coolest thing. 
And a few weeks ago, I was driving with my kids. We were coming back from some friend's house. We had a movie night. And my kids were in the car. And, and uh, my son, Isaac, who's four, he goes, he goes, Dad, how do I um, get Jesus to come and live in my heart? And I was like, this is so awesome. So, so I got to talk with him and walk him through what does it look like to enter into a relationship with Jesus? And, and how do we allow Jesus to come and reside in our heart? And, and, and we got through that. And he, he goes, OK, so Jesus lives in my heart now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he does. Awesome. This is rad. And, and then he says this. And, and, and this statement has haunted me. He said, he said, Daddy, when do I get to go into the tomb with Jesus? I was like, okay. And he had no clue of how profound those words were. So if you know me, you know that, that I, I love talking about the cross. I love talking about Jesus. I love talking about um, Jesus' sinless life, his, his death um, to pay the price for our sin. Um, I love talking about how he defeated sin in the grave and rose to new life. I love talking about the cross um, I never want us, I pray that we would never, ever lose the wonder of the cross. That's why we're here, right? But in that moment, it, it, it hit me. It, it, it really um, was profound because I was, I was realizing, man, I spend, we spend so much time trying to preserve our lives, to preserve the, the life that we live, and, and we don't spend much time trying to Ask God, what is it that needs to die, right? What in me needs to die? We spend so much time. We live in Southern California. We live in San Diego. Ooh, it's so beautiful. I mean, come on. Life's rough. Um, but, but we live in San Diego, and it's the land of exercise, right? Like, you go to the seawall in Carlsbad, and there's people running. There's the plank dude out there. There's the roller skating lady. I mean, there's like everyone is all about exercise, right? We're trying to preserve our, our physical lives. We go on these fad diets, um, and no judgment. I recently jumped off of the almond milk train, and now I'm, I'm, I'm on the oat milk gang, you know? <laughs> Who's with me? Come on, oat milk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm such a snob. When I go to coffee shops, they're like, oh, no, here he comes. I order, I order coffee like I'm a valley girl. I'm like, could I get a da 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 No. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but, 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 you know, we, we spend so much time trying to preserve our lives. I just drove by a store up in, in a Murrieta area that was like a cryogenics store. And we do all this stuff. My high school... The, the theme song for our, my, my senior prom was Forever Young. You know the song? Forever Young, I want to be forever young. Who knows it? Uh, you're, you're with me. Come on. The young cats are like, I just... Um, but we, we do all these crazy things trying to preserve our lives and trying so hard to postpone the inevitable, trying to postpone death, right? But we forget that God's ways... They're oftentimes very different than ours. And, and in God's economy, um, death is actually not a bad thing. That dying to self actually leads to life. So in Luke 9.23, it says this. Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. 
But whoever loses his life for me will save it. Verse 25, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? Because we spend so much time trying to protect our lives that we forget that true life, according to Jesus, true life comes when we let go, right? So what does it look like for us as a people to let go of our lives and take up our cross daily? What does it look like for us to go into the tomb with Jesus and die to the things that are keeping us from experiencing life in him? I recently had a birthday. I turned 43 uh, uh, a few weeks ago, and, and I used to get so excited about my birthdays. Um, I used to just be like, yeah, let's celebrate. Everyone, hey, it's my birthday. It's going to be a party. And now I'm like, I get super introspective around my birthdays. I get in a funk. I'm like, man, I'm getting older. Okay, what, did I, what have I done with my life? Ah, right? I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but around my birthdays, I usually just, my wife's like, okay, you done with the funk yet? And I'm like, nope. Um, still in it, still in it. Um, but around my birthdays, I, I typically think a lot about my life and about my walk with Jesus. Um, it's, it's one of those anchor points in, in my life, kind of like New Year's for a lot of people. Um, and, and this year, around my birthday, God's just been bringing me back to the basics. And I've been trying to, to go deeper and go bigger and this and that. And God's like, no, 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 no. Just, just come back to the basics. And, and so, so I've been camped out for the past few weeks on, on two verses. And, and there are scriptures that I literally memorized when I first became a Christian. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. And, and Jesus in, in Mark 12, 30 and 31, um, he's talking to um, a teacher of the law. And, and, um, and the, the guy says, of all the commandments, which is the most important? In 29, Jesus says, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then in 30, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. He says, The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. So we're all called to love God with all that we are. Like Jesus says, right, love the Lord your God with all your mind, so with our intellect, with, with, with all your heart, right, with, with all your strength, the things that we do with our hands, right, um, the passions of our lives, with our soul. He says we're to love God with every part of our lives, with all of us, with every part. And so as I've been wrestling with this, this scripture, as I've been going back to the basics, I've just been realizing, like, I don't love God with everything. I, 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 I sometimes am, am great at loving God with my, not great, let's be real. But sometimes I love God with my mind, right? But then there's aspects of my intellect that I keep to myself. Sometimes I love God um, with, with all my passion, but then there are passions that I've just kept to myself. Sometimes I, I love God with my strength, but I get really comfortable, and, I, and there's things that I don't want to give up. And so it just hit me that I don't love God with all that I am. I want to, but I don't. And, and, and I've been realizing that there's some areas of my life um, that, that need to die in order to really love God with all that I am. 
Um, but instead, I, I, I fight, right, to keep things alive. Can you guys relate to that? Like, I fight to keep things alive. And in Galatians 2.20, Paul says this. He says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So we see here that, 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 that life, right, comes through death. That, that Paul says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And then he says, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Guys, I, I, oftentimes the, the way that we experience life the most is when we let go of our lives, when we die to ourselves, right? I think about roller coasters, and if I, I love, I just love roller coasters. But, but oftentimes when you are about to get on a roller coaster, one you've never been on in particular, you look at it, and it's, it's daunting, it's big, it's huge, it's kind of freaky, and it scares you to death, right? And then you get on it, and you go up, and that noise is the worst. Um, <laughs> And you're like, I'm going to die on this thing. But the second it goes over that first drop, you're like, yeah, I'm alive, right? And it's, it's so exhilarating and exciting. And so to experience life, oftentimes we have to die, right? To experience the fullness of what God has for us, we have to let go. And Paul lays that out in Galatians 2.20. But, but if it's true that we have to die, then I would say that we need to take an inventory of our lives and figure out what needs to be taken down into the tomb in order for us to really, truly live. And so, so my question for, for you and the question that I'm wrestling with is, is what, what, what am I trying to keep alive that is keeping me from experiencing the life that God has for me? And the first thing for me personally that, that comes to mind, I, I need to stop comparing myself to others. I struggle when I'm not in a good place with the Lord. I struggle with, with comparing myself to others. I struggle with, with hearing people preach or seeing people lead and, and just going, I, I have no business doing what I'm doing. I, I, I struggle with, with going, they're so much smarter than I am. They're such a better communicator than I am. They, they've got so many, so many more ideas that are just impactful than, than I have. What am I, what am I doing? And so I need to put to death that comparison. Because when I compare, I get filled with fear. And what does fear do? It cripples us, right? Fear keeps us from stepping into the thing that God has for us. And, and, and then fear, for me, it leads to feeling anxious. And it just freezes me, and it keeps me from doing what God has created me to do. And so for me, I need to put to death comparison, because I need to live out and live in my God-given identity and the things that he's called me to do. You see, for me, if I put the feelings of insignificance and the lies of the enemy to death, that I'm not good enough to be used to God, then I can actually live in the things that God's created me to live in. You know what I'm saying? So, so putting that thing to death, comparison for me. The other thing that I would say, and, and as we're talking about putting things to death, and when we look at that, that Mark passage, the first part of it, loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, is internal. And the loving God, loving our neighbor as ourselves is external. So I, I believe that there are things internally that we need to put to death, but then there are also external things that, that we need to put to death. So internally for me is comparison. Another thing internally would be sin in our lives. 
And when I think about sin in our lives, the things that come to mind are like gossip, right? It's so easy just to talk smack about somebody, right? Gossip comes to mind. Materialism. I mean, we live in the land of prosperous, right? Prosperity. I mean, like, and we want the next car, the next this, the next that, the, the next iPhone, the next... I, I kid you not, the second that a new gadget comes out, I'm like, how can I move some stuff around? Maybe I'll sell this so I can get this new thing. Materialism, right? We, we, we want, we want, we want, we want. Another sin in our life that comes to mind is sexual sin. Um, Christian, um, up here in the panel, he talked about you know, our, our phones and how pornography is so um, accessible. It's, it's, it is rampant in our culture. Um, Another sin in our life would be greed, anger, pride. And in essence, when, when I'm talking about sin in our lives, I'm, I'm talking about choosing my way instead of God's. Choosing my way instead of God's. And you, you've heard it said that the issue is not the issue, right? So... With, with sin in our lives, it, it may not be that you're just like, yeah, I love this. I love what I'm doing. I love this behavior that I'm caught up in. Um, the sin in our lives, oftentimes it's connected to like a past hurt. It's connected to something that, that we experience. And, and the sin is just a symptom of, of a greater issue. Oftentimes we've been hurt and there's pain in our lives. And some of us, we become friends with our pain. We have a codependent relationship with our pain. That wherever we go, our pain goes with us. And we don't know what life would look like if we let go of our pain and we put it to death. Oftentimes, we would rather keep our pain alive and suffer than put it to death and be fully alive in Jesus. And so I believe that in order to actually put sin to death, we have to deal with the root issues. We have to deal with the pain, the hurts of the past that have led us to that that behavior in the first place. When we move towards external things that we need to put to death um, as a, a church, and not just us here in this building, but as the church, the body of Christ, I think that we need to put to death comfortable Christianity. Right? Comfortable Christianity. We, we oftentimes get so comfortable in our faith. And I believe that God wants to shake us up a little bit. He wants to wake us up. There's a song by Keith Green that's called Asleep in the Light. And I think we oftentimes get asleep in the light. We're like, yes, I had a great worship time. Yes, oh, I'm so comfortable, right? It's like after Thanksgiving, you eat so well, and then you're like, food coma. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes we get in spiritual food comas, right? And oftentimes when we get comfortable, um, when things start shifting or, 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 or something gets in the way of my comfort, I get frustrated, right? Sometimes we, we get more upset about someone sitting in our seat or about the music being too loud or about the wrong person speaking. What's up? It's me today. Um, we get more upset than those things than we do about what's the refugees in our own backyard and how they're being treated. We get, we get more upset about something being out of place in, in, inside these walls 
than we do about the fact that there are people outside of these walls who are dying because they don't know the life-giving love of Jesus. Sometimes we get more upset about announcements going too long or whatever it may be, whatever's comfortable, right, for us, than we do about the fact that, that there was a cyclone that hit Mozambique and that there are people dying that are starving, that need the life-giving love of Jesus. Guys, I believe that God, um, he didn't die to, to make us comfortable, right? So I think we need to die to comfort, and we need to say yes to the things that actually matter to the heart of God. And when we do, honestly, there's beautiful things that happen, right? When we die to comfort and say yes to Jesus, there's such awesome things that happen. And so one of the questions that I've been wrestling with is, is God, do I want to see my kingdom come here? Or do I want to see Jesus' kingdom come? Because if I want to see Jesus' kingdom come, then I'm going to die to comfort, right? I'm going to die to comfortable Christianity, and I'm going to step out, and I'm going to love those who need the love of God, right? The other thing that, that I think that we need to die to um, is human wisdom. And I'm, I'm not saying educate. I have a huge value for education. I went to UCSD. I love, um, I love learning. I have a huge value for education. But I think that we get stuck in, in, in believing in human wisdom versus God's wisdom. I'm not talking about intellect or education. I'm talking about human wisdom versus God's wisdom. You see, we, we're taught from the time we're little kids that the things God does, they aren't real. That the miraculous nature of God is just folklore or fairy tale. In our culture, um, there's a breaking down of, of the reality of the power of God in exchange for man's wisdom. Um, kids in school are taught to not believe in the things that we read about in Scripture, right? But I'm here to tell you this morning that, that, that we don't need to be skeptical all the time. But we can believe in the supernatural power of God. God is real. Healings are real. Uh, oftentimes we hear about healings and, and the reality and the power of God outside of the borders of our, our country, right? I've been on tons of mission trips. I lived in Uganda for a while. I've seen people. I've, I've been with groups of people. We've prayed for people. There's a woman that we prayed for one day who was sitting on the ground. She'd been sitting, no feeling in her legs, no movement. She couldn't walk for three years. Three years. No movement. And we prayed for her, and then guess what happened? She started getting feeling back in her legs. And then what happened next? She got up and she walked. Guys, the power of God is real, but it's not just real outside of the borders of our, our country. It's not just real outside of the walls of our church. It's very real right here. Thursday night at the college service, there was a guy who had recently had knee surgery, and he, he um, had a lot of pain in his knee. He couldn't walk upstairs without holding on to railings or using assistance getting up and down stairs. Thursday night, some of the students at the college service prayed for this dude's knee, and guess what happened? He walked out of the doors of the cafe, and he walked up and down those stairs with no pain, not holding on to anything. The power of God is real, and it's here, and it's alive in our midst, okay? <laughs> He's moving. He's moving. And so, so, so my question for us again is, what is it in our life do we need to put in the tomb so that we can truly live and experience new life in Christ, experience all that, that Jesus has for us? When we think about death, Jesus set the ultimate example. You see, he shed his blood. He took his final breath. And he gave up his life on the cross. He took our sin 
and death into the tomb. He paid the price for our sin so that we wouldn't have to. And he then conquered death. And three days later, he got up. This is not the Easter message. Don't worry. Easter's coming. But the tomb and everything in it, sin and death, Jesus defeated. And he came to set you and I free so that we could fully live. Guys, Jesus is here. And he wants to set us free. There's a song that we sing. It's called Touch the Sky. And one of the lines in the song, um, it says this. It says, I found my life when I laid it down. I found my life when I laid it down. Now, that, that, that was true for the disciples and those who walked with Jesus. You see that when they laid down their life, when the disciples let go of their nets, people experienced life in Christ. And that same truth is here today. I promise you that when we let go of our life and grab a hold of the life of Christ, that's when we truly, truly live. So right now, I'm going to invite the band to come out. And, and as the band comes out, um, we are going to prepare our hearts um, for communion. We're going to take communion this morning. So as the ushers come forward, um, and before we pass anything out, I, I just want to encourage you to take some time and identify some areas of your life that you need to place in the tomb. Ask God, what are the things in my life that are hindering me from experience life to the full in you? What are the things that I need to put in the tomb that need to go into the tomb and die with Christ? What are those things? And then there are some of us here this morning who need to surrender our whole life to Jesus. Some of us here this morning um, who have never um, said, God, I, I want to let go of my life and grab a hold of yours. And so I'm going to pray and give you an opportunity to enter into a relationship with Jesus if you've never done that. So Jesus, um, we come before you with open hearts and open lives. We come before you, God, knowing that there are areas of our life that need to die that need to go into the tomb and be left there. So, so guys, let's just take a moment um, just to sit in silence and stillness before the Lord and just between you and God, ask him, what are those things that need to die? Ask him to bring to mind maybe one to three things that, that need to be left in the tomb. Just take a moment. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit our website, northcoastcalvary.org.